28 minutes or less podcast with S. Foster. What's good, people? It is your boy, S. Foster, and I'm back for another episode of 28 Minutes or Less, and this is episode 80, you know what I'm saying, the Jerry Rice, Chris Carter episode of the 28 Minutes or Less, and the subject matter I have today, I got a great one, and this is a story that was told, um, ESPN told it, it's a 30 for 30 documentary, it's on a school and a team that is proclaimed to be the greatest football team to ever be assembled to not even assembled just put together this this wasn't a situation where they, they was recruiting players and bringing them there um but the subject matter today is what carter lost and what makes this story so unique it ain't just about what happened on the field it's things that happen off the field and then after the football season there were a string of robberies ended up being 22 robberies right and the story of the 1998 excuse me i said that wrong the story of the 1988 carter cowboys which is located in Dallas, Texas, in a predominantly black neighborhood. It was pretty much an all-black school. And what makes this story so crazy and so special is the fact that, like I mentioned earlier, this team is considered the greatest high school football team ever. The 1988 Carter Cowboys. And the whole thing, look, I have this argument all the time about championships. And I was having a conversation with my guy, JD, uh, JD Oracle. And, and he was like, yo, he said, this is what I love about you, son. He was like, even though we disagree on this, he was like, you have your reasons and you stand on it. And he was like, the reason I can have this conversation with you and it goes a certain way is because you have your reason in thinking the way that you think. And during this documentary, there was people that were speaking on, yo, like they was the greatest football or college, excuse me, high school football team ever to play high school football and they don't have a championship to show for, which they won a championship, but it ended up getting script, which I get into that later. But they ended up having 18 Division One offers, but it was on the same team now. They had 22 scholarships offered and eight pro players. 
one of them being Jesse Armstead, which ended up going to Miami, winning two national championships at Miami, going on to the NFL to be a pro bowler and a Super Bowl champion and all that type stuff. And but I bring that up to mention that people like, yo, like they don't have a championship to show for it, which this is one of those situations where it's like Reggie Bush. He's the greatest example for this. Reggie Bush went out and had one of the greatest seasons. As much as I hated it, he had one of the greatest seasons that, you know, people have seen in college football. And he won a Heisman Trophy. And then USC get caught up with the Reggie Bush stuff and then they end up stripping his Heisman Trophy from him and taking him out the record books. But it's like, yo, like I was there. Like, I think that was like, it was either it was it was in between 2000 and no I think Carson Palmer won it in 2001 I think Reggie Bush ran it won it in 2002 2003 whatever the point I'm trying to make is people that are old enough saw it we know Reggie Bush won at Heisman whether you take him out the record books or not he won it and the people that was in the Texas area and beyond know and knew Carter High School won the 1988 championship. I think I said 88. So, what makes them, because the thing when it comes to these 30 for 30 stories is it can't just be one thing. There have to be a bunch of things piled on top of each other because it can't be just as simple as yo, there were, you know, 22 robberies and this team was really good and they had eight pro players on the same team and all this type of stuff and it'd just be that. But when you start to look deeper into the story, you know, shout out to their head coach, which was uh, Freddie James, but when it comes to the Carter High School and it was something crazy like this, like the, the 19... I think it was the 1968, if I'm not mistaken, Carter High School football team. It was an all-white team. All right, because for the people that are in the history, you know, like me, in 1958, if I'm not mistaken, it was 58 or 56, Brown versus the Board of Education happened where they took away the ability to keep them, you know, segregated schools. But if you read the law, it said that it didn't have to be done in a timely manner. So it didn't catch up to this part of Texas until later. So what ended up happening is that the neighborhood, which was, I think it was Oak Hill or some shit like that. I forgot what it was. But anyway, it was a white suburban neighborhood and that happening black people start integrating into it and they migrated from it so they left and so when it came to the 1988 team it had no white players on it so it was a predominantly black school in a neighborhood where it wasn't just like i know what you're thinking like you're thinking like yo if it's all black people they got to be in the hood right no that's what makes another thing that adds on the interest to the story like a lot of the kids that went to Carter and lived in that neighborhood 
their parents was doctors, they was lawyers, they were engineers, like they were legitimate, like blue collar people. Like they wasn't just people who worked at, I was going to say a steel mill, but ain't no steel mills down there, but like, but they're not doing labor jobs. How about that? So they're not doing like labor jobs. These are upstanding like black citizens living in nice houses, pastors and reverends and stuff like that. So like these kids were good kids and they came from good families. And the perception of these kids was be- was that they were hood, they were bad, all of this type of shit, right? So they brought in a new principal and a new superintendent because what ended up happening was you also have to understand we're talking about the late 80s a lot of those parents came from those non-integrated schools so the education that some of these you know kids parents went through they don't have the luxury of being you know very educated and and you also have to look at some of them probably had to drop out to start working for their family start making money all this type of stuff so the education level for some of their parents wasn't as high and the kids suffered from it so carter high had the lowest test scores probably pretty much in the state so they brought in this new superintendent and they brought in this new principal who put in this new grading scale, right? And so within using this new grading scale, the testing score started to go up. But people started to question it because some people felt that what they did was they lowered the standards. So instead of like these kids learning a regular curriculum and everything, they wasn't from what some people were saying. So they were saying that they were basically getting by easier. So there was a teacher that did not like what was going on. He was an algebra teacher. Um, His name was Mr. Bates. And Mr. Bates had a lot of discussions with the uh, new superintendent, which was Russo. And they didn't really get along. So what ended up happening was when this school, when Carter got into the playoffs, because they were completely dominating everybody. Every game that they played, they dominated people. And it got to the point where coaches from a lot of the primarily white schools did not like it because they're like, yo, these guys aren't doing the same curriculum that we're doing. And also, you also have to look at their prejudice and their racism that was still going on because they're looking at a predominantly black school just beating up on a whole bunch of white dudes. And they didn't like it. So they're like, yo, we're going to find any way possible to stop this shit from happening. So when Carter realized that they was going to be in the playoffs, they had to play Plano East. And what ended up happening was they, that game was that Friday, but that Monday they got an anonymous tip where a person called in, um, into the school uh, district and said, yo, I want my child grade changed just like that football player grade changed. 
And they're like, you know, like, what the hell are you talking about? And the player that they was talking about was Gary Edwards. He was the running back and the defensive back on the football team. And so what ended up happening was, so that anonymous tip was that Monday. When it came to that Thursday, they looked at Mr. Bates like grades and the whole argument was that Edwards had a 67 in the class but Mr. Bates changed it to a 72 because they put a thing in for the football players that you have to have at least a 70 to play and if you failed you was ineligible so that Thursday a day before the game they say that Carter is disqualified because they had a, an eligible player on the football team. So they went through, they had all of these, yo, they had uh, a meeting, they had like a press conference, they had all this shit. Like, so all this stuff is going over and like they used his grade scale and then it showed that they thought a zero was a 100 and then that 100 that he got ended up putting him he had a 67, but he got a 100 or something, and it took his grades to a 72. So then they said that, yo, Carter is eligible to play now. So they go and dominate Plano East. So then Plano East was upset of the fact that, yo, they had a guy. So so this is the thing. We were supposed to get a forfeit, right? We were supposed to get out a forfeit. And now we go out here and we get murdered and they had an eligible player on the football team. Like, this is not right. So, Plano East, being the school that they are, they're like, nah, we're going we're gonna to fight this. Like, we're going to fight this because we feel that our guys are more deserving than these people because they had an ineligible player. And then they was bringing up how they great scale was this and that and this and that so even coming up to that game because they came out sluggish like they didn't play well in the first half but then they came out and played pretty well in the second half because even Edwards was like yo like I didn't get no sleep last night because we didn't even know we was going to be able to play so Plano East is not letting it go so then it comes to the second week of the playoffs where they uh, ended up getting they're having oh what are those things called I forget what they call them but like they are at the school district every day and not only were they at the school district every day the parents showed up and they was bringing the parents on school buses bringing them to the school district every day where they had to fight for their their right to stay in the playoffs like their whole playoff run was scrutinized for the simple fact of of one player who they felt great was either changed or not changed or he was failing or he was not failing all of this type shit right so it's seven hours before kickoff that Friday right they are told now they was on a bus and everything they was dressed on the bus ready to go to the stadium to go play 
seven hours before kickoff, they tell them, y'all can't play. Y'all are ineligible. And what they did was they said, with, with the ruling still being in question, we will postpone the game until Saturday to see if this whole thing can get flipped. So what ended up happening was the judge was like, yo, I see no evidence of the grade being changed because the guy was on the football team, nah, 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 all this type shit. So they are eligible to play. So they go out there and guess who they're playing against? They're playing against the one and only Odell Beckham. Yes, people. Odell Beckham, he wasn't senior at the time because he was the only one, but Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, who ended up going to LSU, he's the running back on the team that they're playing. And he is lighting them up. And it is fourth quarter. And they were like, yo, they know they're going to Beckham. Everybody knows Beckham been killing them all game. It was a close game. I think it was, I think it was 18. I think it was 18, 15 or something like that. And Odell Beckham caught a pass, broke for a touchdown. And it's like a minute, like 10 left on the clock. And Carter was able to go down and win it at the last minute, right? All right. So now we're going into the third round of the playoffs where they still are fighting to even still play because everybody keep, no one is accepting the ruling. So not only are you got 16, 15, well, 16, probably 16, 17, 18 year old kids who just want to play football is dealing with this every day because of one player and one teacher with this grade that they said it's a 67, but it was changed to a 72 and all this type shit, right? So now they're going in and they're playing Pyramid, which a lot of people have heard of them because there have been a book, it's been a movie, and there's been a TV show called Friday Night Lights, all about this one school in Odessa, Texas. And this is the one thing about Friday Night night lights and see and I didn't know this going into that movie because when this movie came out because this this 30 for 30 came out in 2017 so I seen Friday Night Lights before I seen this and they portrayed Carter to be the school that you know it was an all black school it was all thugs you know what I'm saying they tattooed up and like they showed a scene where the quarterback was on the ground and the, and the, and the dude kicked the helmet and he hit him in the chin and all. Carter was like, yo, we never played dirty. And they betrayed us that way because of the stuff that I'm going to get into later in this podcast. But I mentioned it in the beginning about how the whole robbery thing went down. And so the perception of these kids to the world was that these were just bad black kids that go to the school called Carter High School and they portrayed to the world this image of Carter. Now, there's a movie, oh, it's a low-budget movie, but you know what I'm saying, I watched it to support, but there is a movie, I think they just called it Carter, where they went over 
um, that 88 season in that movie as well. Um, you can find that. Um, I watched it on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It could be. But anyway, get back to it. So Perriman is a school that a lot of people have heard of because of the Friday Night Lights stuff. And they portrayed it in the movie as a championship game, but it wasn't. It was the, the, the semifinals before the championship game. And they ended up winning that game. It was a wet day. Um, they really didn't show a lot of footage from that game. So now they go on to the uh, championship game where they are playing um, Converse uh, Judson, I believe the school was called. So they're playing at school and it wasn't even a game. They just went out and destroyed them boys. Went out there and destroyed them. Um, so they win the championship. And the, and the perception that was given to Carter was Carter had always had good football teams in the 80s. But, you know, they felt that school was kind of cursed because, like, every time they get in the playoffs, they always lose to a, a team that they didn't supposed to lose to. It's one of those situations where they were greater than the team, but it was just, you know, that it factor just didn't come. And they always lost the game that they're supposed to win. So they won the championship in December. And then not only that, that's when they said that they was done with the rulings. Carter is good. They're in the clear. There ain't no problems. Everything is great. So we ain't got no issues. The championship was won. Everything is good. Okay. So after they win the championship in December, that spring, guys are in the hallway. Now they said they always used to shoot dice, but then they said the dice games get started getting very intense. And a lot of players started getting scholarship offers. You had one guy um, which was Derek Evans. He was uh, he was a defensive back. He signed his letter of intent to Houston in a hot tub, which was never done before and never done again. So you got guys going to Houston, Tennessee, Miami. Like you got these guys, they're going, you know, all over the country. So to get back to the dice game these dice games started getting very intense for the simple fact of the money that started to be shown guys start showing up in joint ones like everybody and then these guys got gold you know how they used to wear the gold chains they had the gold bracelets gold rings on every finger they're like yo like what happened and you will automatically assume yo you think about, you know, pony assess, you know what I'm saying? You're thinking that these boosters in these colleges are, you know, just giving these guys money and they're just going to the highest bidder. So it didn't seem too odd. Like it was odd, but it wasn't severely odd because you're thinking like, yo, they're probably getting paid by these boosters and in the, in the programs or, you know, kicking out money. Um Gary Edwards is driving around in a, a red Camaro. So, like, you know, everybody thinking that, okay, the colleges are giving them money. So, what ended up happening in the spring was these the spring robbery started happening. Um, you know, Jack and the Boss got hit up. Video store got hit up. 
couple of restaurants got hit up and everybody like yo like what like what the fuck is going on and then you have some players that are like like i i see i see y'all shining but you know i figured you know the schools gave it to you but then they started asking other players like yo like look we you know doing this little robbery thing you know we can get a quick 700 dollars like you're trying to get down and so jesse um jesse Armstead was approached and he was just like they came to him and was like yo you know this is what we doing like you trying to get down and jesse was like look i've been arrested before i was in the juvenile uh system he was like you know shoplifting he said he stole some clothes and he said that he knew that he would be making millions of dollars like he knew like i'm going to miami and I know I'm going to get drafted in the next three to four years. There's no reason to risk my future for a couple of hundred dollars when I could be making millions. So Jesse said, nah, I'm good. And he's like, I was going to tell, I was going to tell the coach. And so he told Coach James, like, yo, I need to talk to you. So he said, when Coach James got the opportunity to talk to him, he's like, yo, what you need? And he was like, oh, you, you know, it wasn't even that important. And he looked at it like, which I feel him on this. And when you come from a certain background and a certain community, you understand, like, you don't want to be the one to snitch on somebody. You don't want to be that one where everybody like, yo, man, Jesse sold everybody out. Can you believe that? Because if Jesse would have told on them, because it was on the news and everything, like these these robberies and, and, they, and they're not being solved. And so if Jesse would have been the one to sell them out, then... Everybody would have been like, he's the snitch from, you know, Carter High that got all these players arrested. So he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to let this play out because I don't want to be the one that everybody look back at and be like, yo, this is the reason why, you know, a good portion of the football team, not a good portion, but, you know, a few guys from the football team got arrested. So then... It started coming out on the news that, you know, at one of the robberies, not even one of them, but just a few of them, because they were driving their own car. And they were like, yo, a red Camaro kept being mentioned. So PK Williams, which was one of the defensive tackles, he worked at one of the places that they robbed. Uh, well, not yet, but he was like, yo, I got an idea. Um, he was like, Friday night is the best night to do it. What I can do is I can leave the door open. So I can leave the door open. Y'all can come in. You know what I'm saying? I could, you know, show y'all what the stuff is. And y'all just come in there, ride the place. And it just looked like a random robbery. And then there was another robbery that was being taken place where a video store was robbed, which was kind of odd and weird because, like, they had no mask or nothing. It was like the girl that interviewed the girl. She was like, yo, there was renting coming to America. And she said that once she opened up the cash register, they pulled out the guns. Um, took the money that was in there and then told them to take it to the back and they took the money in the back. So when they left, a cop ended up seeing a red Camaro, ended up pulling them over and then caught them right after the robbery. So the two names that went down first was Gary Edwards and Derek Edwards. So they get, they get locked up first. 
And then next thing you know, the trickle-down effect ended up happening. And there was a few guys that was just like, like a guy like like David Jones Jr., like he ended up doing one and he was like, yo, this ain't right. I, I shouldn't do this, man. Like this something ain't right about this. So he stopped after the one robbery. What ended up happening was Keith Campbell, he ended up being next. Then PK, Carlos Allen. So these are the dudes that ended up getting locked up. Now they say it was a few other players, but like those players didn't, you know, I guess they just, that never got mentioned. So they all was able to bond out. And so they go in, they, they had the testimonies from the people that was working at the stores that night and all this type stuff. And what ended up happening, now we're talking about high school football players. You also got to realize this, even when they was talking to the guys, when you, especially in Texas, everything is big in Texas. And you go in stores, order food. Oh man, it's on the house. You ain't got to pay. You want something to drink? You go to a store. You want some clothes? Oh man, you know, get, get what you want. Everywhere you go, everybody's treating you like rock stars. Everybody telling you, yo, you going to the league. You know, you want us a championship. Yo, you want something to drink. You know, you've seen this play out and stuff like Varsity Blues and, you know, other high school movies and stuff like that where it's just when you are going to school with gold chains on, Jordan ones, you got these colleges throwing money at you, telling you how great you are. And then you're doing things that you know is wrong, but everybody is letting you get away with it. So when you 17 to 18 years old, you feel untouchable to the point where, yo, I could do, I could do whatever I want. And then that greed kicks in where you just want more. It's, it's like, it, it's never enough. It's just like, yo, I got one gold chain. I want two. I got one gold ring. I want three. So it gets to the point where it starts to become, even though people are giving you free shit and then, oh, dude, it's like, Derek Evans, like, yo, we get speeding. We're like, we get put over speeding every day. They pull us over. Oh, man, y'all caught a high players. Oh, y'all good, man. And let them go. And he's like, yo, when when the law see you, and even PK Williams, like, when he went to work the next day, he's like, police is everywhere. And then the, he said, one of his boss was like, yo, that's PK Williams. He, he played with Carter High. He said, they. Oh man, you know, y'all guys are great. Nah, nah, nah. He said they ain't even really asking me no questions. They just asking me stuff about playing football. So when what your mind is telling you at this time is yo, I can get away with anything. So eventually, all these guys get charged and sentencing comes up. And I think 
they didn't really understand the significance of it until like even some of the guys was like when the judge told us yo it doesn't matter how good y'all are at football basically y'all broke the law and y'all have to pay for the all consequences because you got to realize these wasn't just robbery these were armed robberies so they're in court now we're talking about guys that was on their way to Tennessee on their way to Houston you know all this type of shit Gary, Gary Edwards 16 years Derek Evans 20 years Carlos Allen 13 years PK Williams 14 years Keith Campbell 25 years and you got dudes who was on their way D1 was projected now I think Jesse is the one but these guys would have made it to the league and now you locked up for armed robberies and after that happened they didn't have no more credibility anymore now with the one ruling that went down that everything was good and there was no more further investigation that wasn't true anymore because now the perception right the perception that they had of these Carter boys before these robberies whether they was all troublemakers it was from a black neighborhood they were buoyant you know they're this they're that now with these guys being sentenced to all of this time for doing armed robberies now the school boy is looking back at their decision and the UIL ended up stripping their state title from them and giving it to Converse Judson after two years of litigation and after the school board had spent three no, not three. Um, it ended up being uh, thirty thousand dollars in legal fees of the Dallas Independent School District. They declined to pursue anymore because they're like, "Yo, we not spent over thirty thousand dollars to try to keep them this championship." And they're like, "Yo, why, why even do this anymore? Look what ended up happening to these guys that was on a football team. They're like, why, why are we gonna sit here and spend more money?" to try to defend these kids that committed armed robbery. So they ended up letting it go. And that's what makes the story so unique because you want to talk about what could have been. This is one of those situations where this could have shifted this could have shifted the NFL into a whole nother direction. This could have shifted college football in another direction. Like, whoever won the the the, the what well, it wasn't a BCS, but who would have been the champions in ni- 1990? 
like one of these guys could have completely changed the team. 1991, 1992, we already know who's going to do 93. You know what I'm saying? Florida State would have won it regardless because they ended up having a guy that played at Carter High um, at defensive back on that state championship, state championship, on that um, college football championship team that year anyway. But anyway, we don't know what that would have done to college football in the NFL if this wouldn't happen to these guys. Um, like I mentioned a guy earlier, David Jones Jr., who ended up doing one robbery, he ended up he ended up talking to his dad, and his dad was a reverend, and he ended up telling him, yo, I did one of these robberies, and I want to fess up to it. And so his dad said he fought and fought and fought, and for his reputation of his dad being a pastor, he ended up getting probation. But one great thing if you have to say something great ended up happening because this is what you got to understand before they got this time they was face, they was facing life in prison before they got the 16 20 13 14 to 25 years but what ended up happening gary edwards he ended up serving four years and um he got out and he works as a dallas officer of environmental control so he didn't do the whole 16 years um Derek Evans he ended up doing 7 years and he ended up becoming a manager at a warehouse and Carlos Allen who was sentenced to 13 he ended up doing 3 years then he ended up getting his degree at Texas Southern and he works as a labor worker today um PK Williams who was sentenced to 14 he ended up doing 4 and he turned into a salesman and he's also an assistant pastor as well um the guy that was sentenced to the most time keith campbell he was sentenced to seven uh 25 years he ended up doing seven years he gets out and he gets his degree at ut or uh, arrington and now he's a truck driver today and david jones jr who ended up telling his dad that he was involved in one of the robberies you know he got probation he ended up leaving the state of texas and start ended up being a reverend himself so it ended up being 11 students that got involved in these robberies now it said 11 students so i'm guessing that these guys weren't even on the football team but they were just hanging with those dudes and they just wasn't they didn't have the name of these guys so with with that happening man it just it what what sucks is what the friday night lights ended up doing because the thing is friday night lights like i said it was a book a movie and a tv series the carter movie is a low budget b movie that barely anybody ever seen and they give you the real story of these kids but Friday Night Lights portrayed these dudes to be they made them look like Bloods and Crips on the football field which was kind of fucked up but am I surprised not at all Um, but I would recommend anybody to go out and watch this man I think that these 30 for 30s are some of the greatest documentaries to, to hit the TV screen um I say all the time, 
I can't wait until we get that 30 for 30 on those Florida teams with Aaron Hernandez on it, yo. Those that 30 for 30, that is gonna be that's gonna be gold. You hear me? Like that is gonna be must TC uh TV. But this was I was about to say a great story because it wasn't a great story because you hate to hear um guys who had potential to be you know not only great football players but great men and they made mistakes they got greedy they, they took advantage of the fame that they was getting in a in a town and they did horrible crimes man you know holding people up on armed robbery with guns in their face it's a bad thing i'm not defending it at all but you can't judge these guys off of the mistake that they made back then that's why i wanted to mention you know some of the things that they did once they got out they got their life back on track um so that was one great thing to hear is that they was able to get back on track and to close out that thing that i said yeah that 88 championship is not showing up but we know they you know they won it and it was seen by you know tens of thousands of people at the time and it was seen all over the world with this documentary. So, like I say, a lot of people say this was the greatest football team assembled. It ended up being 28 players offered scholarship and eight pro NFL players. So, shout out to uh, the Carter Cowboys in Dallas, Texas. That's all I got today, man. You know, shout out to uh, JD Oracle that I started the new podcast with. We put out the first episode. Um, grind, shine, no, wait, shine, grind, marathon podcast. Um, I'm not sure which platforms is on. I have to talk to JD about that, but we put in a pilot, so go check that out wherever you can find it. Um, check out me and my guy Scoot Bronson on Viewers Anonymous. You know, we still putting out two episodes a week. We just put out season five episode seven of snowfall we do that every friday until the season is over so go check out the views anonymous um also shout out to siege and e carter they just put out an episode today i just watched the boys so uh shout out to them and the first class podcast and the grind uh, media collective uh, shout out to them guys also shout out to my guy who gives me motivation all the time we spoke on the phone the other day the music you hear in the background my guy Casey, man, uh, he he called me about my last episode. I'm just like, yo, he loved it. So uh, shout out to him. Appreciate everything that he's doing and the support that he have and the motivation that he gives me on this podcast. So uh, rate, subscribe, review. Uh, please leave a, a comment if you can. If you don't mind, let me know what you think of these podcasts that I'm putting out. And uh, also what I could do better or if it's a story that you would like to hear or at 30 for 30, you would like me to break down whatever. It does not matter. I will read anything that y'all send to me if you feel the pleasure of doing it. So this was episode 80. And I'm saying that Jerry Rice, Chris Carter episode of the 28 Minutes or Less. Signing out. Peace.